0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God for our meditation this evening comes from Isaiah chapter 66, verses 18 through 23. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall be that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and those among them who escape I will send to the nations to Tarshish and Pool and Lud, who draw the bow, and Tubal and Yavon, to the coastlands afar off who have not heard my fame nor seen my glory. And they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. Then they shall bring all your brethren for an offering to the Lord out of all nations, on horses and in chariots and in litters, on mules and on camels, to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord as the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord. And I will also take some of them for priests and Levites, says the Lord. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me says the Lord. So far, God's holy word. In the name of Christ, who is the judge of all nations, dear fellow redeemed. The year 1889 marked one of the worst disasters in Pennsylvania history. A few years prior, a number, number of industrial barons had purchased a lake and a dam that they named Lake Conma. They wanted a retreat from the hustle and bustle of the city, so they turned this lake into a hunting and fishing sports club. Now, the dam that they inherited was built in the early 1800s, and it was very well constructed. However, over the years, maintenance on it had been neglected, and it would often spring small leaks. Now, instead of taking the time and the money to repair the dam, they simply patched it with clay and straw. Now this would prove to be disastrous as on May 31st 1889 the towns of Johnstown and South Fork Pennsylvania received one of the worst downpours in Pennsylvania history. Six to ten inches of rain fell within a 24 hour period and water began rushing up almost to the point of rising above the dam due to a clogging in the outlet for the water. When efforts to release the pressure on the dam had failed, the president of the sports club sent a messenger ahead to a nearby town to send a telegram to the people of Johnstown and South Fork that they needed to evacuate immediately. However, the people of Johnstown and South Fork did not listen. They had heard so many false reports of the dam breaking from those small leaks that would occur that they thought there was no way the dam was actually breaking now. They couldn't be more wrong. The dam did break. Now, the people of South Fork were fortunate enough to hear it coming, and they had time to get up the mountainside and escape the worst of the damage. Only four people lost their lives in South Fork. The people of Johnstown were not so lucky. The water, an estimated 20 million gallons, moving at 40 miles per hour, 60 feet high, crashed into a town whose people were not prepared. 2,209 people lost their lives that day. The warnings were given. The warnings were clear, but the people did not listen. The book of Isaiah likewise is full of clear warnings to the people of Judah. The judgment of the Lord was coming because of their disobedience and their wickedness. If they did not heed the warnings of God, they would soon be given over to destruction at the hand of the Babylonians. In the verses right before our text for today, we see a prophecy of God through Isaiah that extends over us as well. It is a stark warning to repent and to put your trust in Jesus or be given over to eternal destruction. Now God is patient and kind, but he is also a righteous judge, and he will on the last day judge all people by their words. Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty-six and 37, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. But in his mercy, God sent a sign among all nations, as a warning and as a comfort. And so our theme for tonight is, the sign God has set calls all people. Those who reject it, to judgment, but those who hear it, to glory. Isaiah writes in chapter 66, verses 15 through 17, For behold, the Lord will come in fire, and his chariots like the whirlwind, to render his anger and fury, and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire will the Lord enter into judgment, and by his sword with all flesh. And those slain by the Lord shall be many, those who sanctify and purify themselves to go into the gardens, following one in the midst, eating pig's flesh, and the abomination, and mice." shall come to an end together, declares the Lord. This is the warning that the Lord gives to anyone who follows after the lusts of his own heart and puts his trust in his own abilities will be consumed by the fiery wrath and vengeance of the Lord. Now who is it that fits that description? Who follows after the lusts of their own heart and only cares about themselves? Is it the Hollywood elite? Is it the politicians in Washington? Or maybe it's that neighbor down the street that doesn't really care about his lifestyle or even going to church. Sure, there are many people who fall under this category. They do not care about the things that they say or the things that they do. They couldn't care less that they lie or cheat Or commit gross acts against God's law, like fornication and adultery, the murder of unborn babies, and the like. In fact, these sins that were once widely condemned are now being celebrated in our society. And how is that possible? Has man truly become that evil? Well, unfortunately, that is a harsh reality of sin. Sin has so thoroughly corrupted man that what we would consider to be horrible things are now considered normal and okay. Isaiah writes in chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. There is another group of people who fits under this description. It's us. By nature, you and I are just as bad as the worst of criminals. Even Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. Our sinful, just like every other person born, you and I have a sinful nature that only desires to commit sin. It abhors what God desires and wants to pursue its own desires against God's law. These prophecies are meant as a warning for us. Woe to us if we call good evil and evil good. Woe to us if we think that we are wise in our own eyes. Woe to us if we become like the world. If God were to judge us by our nature alone, we would fall under that call to judgment. The gospel message, that blessed message that Jesus died for the sins of all people, we would reject it by nature. But thanks be to God who does not leave us in the sinful depravity of our nature. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall be that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and those among them who escape I will send to the nations, to Tarshish and Pool and Lud, who draw the bow, and Tubal and Yavan, to the coastlands afar off, who have not heard my fame nor seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. The time already came for all nations to see the sign God had set. That was accomplished when God Himself walked this earth. Jesus is the sign that God set up both as a warning and as a comfort. Jesus came to fulfill the law for all sinners. In that way, He came as a comfort by doing what we are not able to do ourselves. But He also came as the only Savior. And in that way, He came as a warning. Anyone who did not put their trust in him alone would inherit destruction. Jesus came. He suffered the full wrath of God on the cross. He died the perfect death in the place of sinners. He rose again from the dead to show that God had truly accepted his payment for sin. So, where do you fit in? Well, Isaiah prophesies about the ones who escaped going out to Tarshish, Pool, Lud, Tubal, and Yavan. This was first fulfilled when the Jews came back from exile in Babylon. Not all went back to Israel, but they spread out, and they took the gospel message with them. This prophecy was fulfilled to a greater degree in the book of Acts. You see, at the time of Isaiah, these nations were at the perimeter of Israel's empire, to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. And so these ones who escaped, God sent out to the outer regions of Israel's world with the promise of the coming Savior. So also the apostles went out preaching the gospel message that Christ had come to every corner of the known world. The word of God did not remain dormant, but it continued to spread even until it reached the ears of faithful believers like you, and me. You have seen the sign that God has established, his son. And the Holy Spirit has created the faith in your heart to hold on to it and to believe in it. And because the Holy Spirit has created that faith in your heart, all of Christ's work is given to you. Jesus lived the perfect life for you. Jesus suffered the full power of God's wrath for your sins, Jesus died the perfect death so that death would have no power over you. And Jesus rose from the dead to guarantee that you also will rise from the dead. And not only that, but you also receive the fulfillment at the end of Isaiah's prophecy. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord... So shall your descendants in your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Your name is inscribed in stone in the book of life. And so, whenever your journey on this earth has come to an end, you will, with the assembly of all believers, continue in perfect harmony to worship God in heaven. Did you know that there are some kinds of fish that are permanently blind? Scientists have discovered fish deep in the darkness of subterranean caves that only have a membrane where their eyes should be. They swim around in total darkness their entire lives. The Bible tells us that that is how people are by nature. Paul says that they're spiritually blind, walking in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. They're just like blind fish swimming around around in a darkened sea. They don't know that, of course. They're just going about their business. But if they die that way, they perish eternally. And you? Well, you have the message that can save them. You have seen the glory of God in your own life. You have seen God's grace forgive the multitude of sins that you have. And you too are being sent out by God to the outer regions of the world to reach those people who are spiritually blind, to give them the gospel promise of sins forgiven through Jesus Christ. This is the work that God has given to all believers, male and female, young and old. And this work is not without its reward. Your reward is sharing in the glory of God. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. God has set his sign for all to see. That sign is the life, death, and resurrection of his Son, Jesus Christ. And for those who reject Jesus, this sign is a call to judgment and eternal death. But to those who hear it and believe on his name, it is a call to everlasting glory. And may the Lord preserve us in this faith. Amen. Please rise. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.